Well, for the first time in what felt like forever, George Klyovkov was speaking over the weekend. So what exactly did we find out? You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our still media rights free and beloved Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch the show. I appreciate all of you out there. Lots to get to. A hurdle to 12 team expansion, maybe. And football is going to be really, really fun. That's coming up on today's show, But The man, the myth, the legend. The guy who, you know, if you'd said he had uh, retired from his post, uh, given the lack of public comments he had made over the last six or seven months or so, someone could have believed you if you just, like, hit him in a closet, brought him out. You know, they didn't know anything else and said, oh, by the way, the commissioner of a conference in today's world hasn't spoken in, like, six, seven months. I don't even remember exactly how long it's been. They'd say, well, does he still have the job? Is he still there? Yes, indeed, he is still there. So we're going through... Everything notable that George Klyovkov said over the weekend, and there were a lot of there were a lot of quotes that uh, this, that stood out to me. First thing that that we know that we actually tangibly learned is that on the media rights front, we should be in the same position that we were eh, about five days ago, which is stop getting up every day and thinking today might be the day. Because if you just played pin the tail on the donkey, but you did it on a calendar and you picked any day from now until the start of the season, I think there's as good of a chance as you picking the correct day as me. That is my honest guess here. So we do not have a timeline. We do not have a deal. We do not have any of those sorts of things. Someday, someday I hope, perhaps it will come in the near future. This week would be great. Next week would also be okay. But anyway, so uh, there were some people saying like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they didn't have a deal done by media day, even though there was reporting that it wasn't going to be done by then and they weren't going to announce. But anyway, so the biggest thing that George Klyovkov said that caught everybody's attention that was kind of causing a stir was he, he kind of slipped up is what it seemed. And then he put the genie back in the bottle. He closed Pandora's box. And it was a moment in which he was talking about the media deal and said, you know, we are not uh, we are not announcing a deal today on purpose. And then James Crepia of the Oregonian stepped in and asked what was on everybody's mind. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. We get you want to keep the focus on football, but on purpose means you could if you wanted to. And George Klyovkov quickly said, you're looking too much into it. You're reading too much into it. I think that was most likely just kind of a slip of the tongue. I think if you asked George and he were able to give you an honest answer, he'd say, I would phrase that differently if I could go back and do that. But that was not the only thing that he said uh, that, that caught my attention. There was a line in there. And, you know, look, I try to come on here and as best I can be, you know, some form of Charles Barkley. Uh, not actually Charles, but there's this old SNL skit in which uh, Charles Barkley was hosting and he had the Charles Barkley post-game translator app where they would play a post-game comment from a player or coach and then it would cut to Chuck and he would say what was actually on that player or coach's mind. 
it's a great skit and you should go you should go check it out but i'm not coming on here to be charles barkley i can't i can't do that i don't know if this even sounds good man like that's ridiculous okay so there was one line in particular where i felt like we really needed the charles barkley post game translator app there were a couple but the one that stood out to me the most was when Klyovkov said quote we were on track to we are on track to announce our deals at about the same time as everyone would have anticipated and predicted before the news of conference realignment. I I have a couple questions about that particular line. Most notably, who's everybody? That's that's kind of the big one that we'll just kind of stick with there. So I think that was kind of, you know, commissioner coach speak, uh, however you want to see it. Uh, other notable quotes that, that he had in there, uh, he said the Pac-12 board of directors has met regularly and have been united in their commitment to one another in the Pac-12. Again, some people are going to take that one way, other people are going to take that the other way, but that he was going out there and stating that in the affirmative again, I thought was noteworthy, not necessarily ground altering, but noteworthy, hence why I'm noting it, but not spending five minutes on it. Now, the other thing that stood out to me, there were a lot of quotes. I have several quotes here that I, that I, that I jotted down. This is going to be a very jam-packed episode, by the way. Was, this commitment and patience will be rewarded with an announcement in the near future. All right, so status quo, SOP, standard operating procedure for the Pac-12. Deals almost done, final stages going to be completed, going to get done, yada, yada, yada. But we don't know what near future means. I think it was smart from Klyovkov, and I talked about this on Friday's show, kind of as everything was happening, that he needed to go into it and not give a timeline. I think that was a good move from our friend George, to not go out there and say, yeah, it's going to be done by July 27th. And then July 27th rolls around, you're like, yeah, we suffered a setback, we're going to July 30th. You needed to stop doing that, and they did. So I guess they get some credit for, you know, making making what I thought was a pretty basic move there, but... They were trying to keep the focus on football. Obviously, that wasn't going to be all of the discussion, and he understood that well. But he he had a couple quotes kind of along uh, those lines. The other one was, you know, getting the right deal has always been more important than getting the ex- the expeditious one or expedious. I forget which word he used or which one is uh, actually a word. I know my guy Bud, who's an everyday, will uh, hit me up with all that sort of stuff. But those two comments kind of amplify what I have said for the last several weeks, given the narrative around the deal and the context of, you know, how long it's taken and comments that we have seen from presidents and athletic directors. It looks like the deal is coming into the final stages. Finally. Maybe. (laughs) Trust me. Fool me once. You almost got me before. I'm not kicking that football, Lucy. Um, I'm Charlie Brown and I'm going to learn. Okay. So we'll wait and see how, how that happens. But what I've talked about before on the show is that the pressure on the deal and the kind of chips are all in the middle of the table, given the public comments that have been made, I've, I've long talked and, and been critical of the PR approach from the PAC 12. I think it has been scattered, disjointed, and has done a disservice to the conference and themselves at this point in time. I understand why they wouldn't want to, you know, play all the games and, you know, go back and forth and such, but it's the world you live in. You may not love it, but you might have to, you know, be in a situation where you're making the best of it. But they chose not to do that. Okay. But the comments we have seen 
Comments that, you know, John Canzano's reported several, several times with words like getting to the Big 12 number is a layup. We're going to be to that number easily. Or, you know, George Klyovkov here. The patience is going to pay off. Our schools will be re- rewarded. Okay, if you want to avoid another PR nightmare here, that has to be the case. And as time has gone on, the pressure on the deal to be as good as possible is continuing to ramp up. And I think that that comment in particular is one that kind of amplifies that narrative of, okay, well, the deal better be good. It better be worth, you know, a certain amount. It better have a linear component, better, have, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. So I thought that stood out. Uh, last thing here uh, for, for just a moment is he, he laid out that their process has always been conclude our media rights deals, sign our grant of rights. Only then will we decide on potential expansion. That may not be what fans of certain programs, <clears throat> San Diego State and SMU, want to hear necessarily. There's something else that those programs probably didn't want to hear. But what you want to hear is that eBay Motors is a place where you can build a championship team in the car sense. Because for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. I have a 2000 Lexus ES300. And let me tell you, that is my that is my baby right there. And I want everything to be right. And every part needs to fit just right. And eBay, eBay Motors knows that. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. You know, they had water up there for people at Pac-12 Media Day. Because when you get talking, you got to be able to refurbish yourself. That's what I try to do with our daily second segment sip. So a couple more quotes before I get to the uh, the realignment stuff. Uh, kind of piggybacking off of the the, the, the topics or the, the quotes that he gave, George Klyovkov, that is about, you know, the, the deal and like our members are going to be rewarded. He said, quote, I think our board is enthusiastic like I am about the media deal. The longer we wait for our options, the better our options get said that they're taking advantage of shifts in the media market and that that has caused some hiccups. Now, that makes sense that part of the delay has been driven by media partners not wanting to in kind of a tumultuous time in the media world and, you know, the economy and everything like that, not wanting to announce or finalize things or not be willing to offer a certain amount of certain time. I don't know exactly what all those details are. But that, I think, tracks. You know, some of this stuff, uh, you know, like his comment earlier about we're on track to announce the same time everyone would have anticipated. Okay. Maybe some people, perhaps. I don't know about everybody. But that one, that one I I do think is... uh, is pretty genuine there from George. And look, the narrative going into media day that I thought George Klyovkov should lean into, and he did there with that quote, was... The longer we wait, the better our options get. And going into it, the narrative that I was just referring to 
is that there were more partners coming to the table, that more people were there, that there were more options, that suddenly people who had left the negotiations were coming back to the table or you had new players involved altogether. So that would be great if that's the case. I don't know who that would be, whether that's CW, Fox, Ion, CBS, another cable entity. I don't know. I, I, I don't know who that would be. But uh, boy, my curiosity has been piqued. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he said that uh, Big 12 schools or the Big 12 coming for schools uh, is not a concern. Schools are committed to each other in the Pac-12. The realignment that's going on uh, will come to an end this cycle. Might have to talk about that more on tomorrow's show. I don't know that I agree with him entirely there. But again, standard quote when asked about uh, the Big 12. Uh, this was this is the last thing, and then I'll get to the the San Diego State and SMU stuff and kind of how they tie in here. But he, when asked, you know, hey, why not address this narrative that your conference is a sinking ship, that your league is about to implode, that schools are about to jump, and you just kind of you know let others tell your story and frame the narrative around your league? Why, why not address it? He said, "quote We decided to take the high road." and focus on the future of the conference. What that tells me is something that, again, I have mentioned previously on the show, and everydayers out there, whether they're listening or watching, are aware of the fact that I mention this regularly. I'm not going to speak for other conferences. I don't cover them as much, though I imagine there are some similarities. Conference presidents, and who votes on realignment? On my gravestone, conference presidents, Conference presidents and the commissioners and the higher-ups and the people who are doing this sort of stuff, they don't care what I think. They don't care what you think. They don't care what a thousand people on Twitter say. They don't care what a million people on Twitter say. They don't care what other... They don't care because they are confident in what their internal process is, what the outcomes can be, and how the negotiations are going. You can think that's a mistake. You can think that's erroneous. You can think that that is, you know ivory tower of them you cannot like them for that fact you can you can interpret it that however you'd like but he didn't want to talk in public and he said also said he didn't want the schools to have a daily push for it to go out there and fight these battles and look if the process has gone on this long i mean there's some logic to that thinking if you knew that the deal now whether or not they knew the deal would be going you know into the end of july here that's unclear My guess is no, but again, I don't know because they're not going to share this stuff with people like me or people like you because we are not their primary concern. They have an understanding of what they can do, of what they need to do, and what their priorities are, and they are not worried about what some podcast somewhere or some show on YouTube says about them. They're not worried about it. You can think that's wrong. You can think it's foolish. You can use it to fuel your anti-Pac-12 sentiments or the like. Do whatever you'd like. But that is definitely how they feel. Uh, and I thought I thought that one stood out. So let's uh, get to the the the, uh, the realignment side of this because you know he talked about how, like oh you know once this all settles down this round of realignment will come to a close. Yes, but also no. I don't know that the Big Twelve is necessarily done. You know, there have been rumors about Gonzaga or UConn or all that sort of stuff, but it, it feels right now, and look, this might change by the time football season actually starts, right? This is the most interesting story here in the off season. Absolutely. It is why I've talked about it extensively 
it feels like nonstop every day. It hasn't been every single day, but it's been a lot of the days for the last seven, eight months or so. But once football season starts, I'm just telling you how it's going to feel for me as the host of this show and as the person who has creative control, i.e. I'm the executive director of the show and decide what goes into the program every day, along with any guests that I bring on, football is going to take over. Barring cataclysmic news, it's going to be football because that's why we care. The only reason we care about realignment is because of football. So right now, on, on, on July 24th, 2023, it feels like realignment is not slowing down, like it is going to continue, like the moves are going to continue. I think what might continue is the spe- speculation, the discussion, the evaluating of candidates, the keeping a side eye on, hey, look at, look at, look at what that school over there is doing. Like if Tulane over the next two years wins the American Conference two more times, they've won it three times in a row, suddenly the Pac-12 might look at them and think, Psh, boy, do we need to strike while the iron's hot? Do we need to pick them up right now? Is Willie Fritz building a perennial G5 power over there? I don't know. I don't know. That sort of stuff will continue. But it all comes back to football. Because that's what we care about the most. More than anything in the world as Americans. From a sports standpoint. Football is king. It's my favorite sport to watch. It's probably your favorite sport to watch. It's certainly the most watched. And there is a reason there. Now, that brings us to the Pac-12 in the context of realignment at the moment. San Diego State and SMU have long been the top targets. The The conference presidents, by the way, did approve George Klyovkov and company to you know, investigate the potential of adding up to four schools. So Boise State, Fresno State, Tulane, UNLV, Colorado State, I don't know, Rice, Memphis, just like keep South Florida, keep going down the list. I don't know, throw in whoever you want, frankly. But University of British Columbia, hey, you never know. All of those schools maybe have a glimmer of hope. I think 12 teams is more likely. But the possibility of 10 teams existing in the pack for at least a short term seems to be increasing. So one of the other big takeaways over the weekend, one of the other big pieces of news that was reported is that conference presidents are reportedly not aligned on whether or not to expand. And there was talk of Oregon potentially being one of the schools that don't want teams like San Diego State. Ross Dellinger, I think, reported this. Uh, Stuart Mandel of uh, The Athletic I I mean, there were were a couple other people, like credible reporters, this stuff was making the round. So the, the idea of not everyone being on board with realignment, I think is understandable. In the short term, any G5 edition is going to be at least partially dilutive to a media deal. They may be able to add value in the long run, right? Like you wouldn't think of Utah as a dilutive product to the Pac-12 media deal, because based on their viewership numbers, they are not. They are an accretive institution in that sense, but it can take some time to do that. So in the short term, there's slightly less money for other schools. Now, what I'm curious about is if you're talking about a slightly less amount of money, is that really the reason and I think everyone was kind of speculating as to, you know, what the reasons are. I don't think that was being reported. It was just that, you know, oh, well, you know, Oregon doesn't want 
teams and schools, uh, you know, they don't want expansion. They want to stay at 10. Is money really the thing that's holding up? Maybe it is, right? Maybe it's a million here, two million there, and they'd like to have that rather than not. And they feel like they can recruit, you know, uh, Southern California, whether or not they have San Diego State, which there is probably some truth to. They've recruited Southern California exceptionally well for, you know, the last 10, 15 years or so. And Dan Lanning is continuing to do that, by the way. But I don't think that money is the is the reason. I think the, the other side of it is if you're opposed to expansion, this is just my thought. If you're a president and you're opposed to expansion, just looking at the athletic side of things, you are probably looking at the prospect of adding two new schools, San Diego State and SMU perhaps, and saying that's a potential obstacle. That's a potential hurdle. Because Oregon has you know split the last i think six meetings with with washington that's going to continue to be a rivalry year in and year out leading up to you know washington getting their feet back under them as a football program oregon had you know dominated that rivalry but again can they compete with washington yes can they can they compete with utah historically yes utah's beaten them they've beaten utah before but can they beat him yes and you just keep going down the list and say okay if those are your two biggest competitors and your priority as an athletics department is access to the playoff, that is where I would feel that the opposition to adding new schools would be rooted. Is San Diego State and SMU from an athletic standpoint to Oregon or anybody else who's, who's opposed might represent just another potential slip up because San Diego State and SMU, as I've discussed, I think do have potential to be conference contenders one day if they were to end up joining the pack, which there's no guarantee of right now because we all know presidents vote on realignment. And if they're not on board with it, then it's not going to happen. George Klyovkov cannot, I repeat, cannot force that stuff through. That, that, that cannot be rammed through. You know, you can't, uh, you can't hit a wind piercing ball off the tee there. It is too much of a gale force win. He can't do it. And so my understanding is that to get an expansion candidate, you would need, I believe, eight votes. So there are at least three. I, 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 I think the numbers that were going around is uh, at the very least, it's not unanimous and not everyone is on board with that. Now, as I've also discussed repeatedly, the interests of university presidents are incredibly multifaceted. There might be academic reasons why Oregon or anybody else, and I, I can't just be Oregon, that's just the name that was going around uh, according to reporters. There might be academic reasons or cultural reasons. or I, like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what they would be thinking on not wanting to add anybody and staying put at 10 teams. Athletically, though, I think they'd see it as a hurdle. If we slip up against one of those, one of those teams that's formerly of the G5 in a year where you know, we're trying to get into the playoff or if you're Oregon or Washington trying to get a higher seed maybe in, in, in the playoff or Utah or somebody like that, they might be a team that could just, that, that could, that is capable of beating you, but does not yet have the sort of respect nationally that other brands in the conference do. So it'd be seen as more punitive, right? It's like you have more to lose than you have to gain by playing those games. I think that's a component of it. I see that side of it. It's not how I feel about it as a Pac-12 fan, as someone who wants the conference to be the best it can be going forward. 
But if that is where they came down on the athletic side of things, that look, the upside just just isn't there, right? Like Oregon and Washington or anyone else, I, I don't know who else would be uh, opposed or is opposed, uh, at least at this point in time. And remember, things can change, so not all hope is lost on on that front. I would not shut down the idea of San Diego State and SMU getting into the Pac-12 one day. Which day? Mm, I don't know. But that's that, that that's that's where I come down on that, is I don't know all of the reasons, I don't know all of the schools, but at least in the short term, you would certainly have more to lose than you would to gain playing those teams. I think that is true. I think that is fair. I think there should be a more holistic view of it, but we'll see if if the wins if the wins change on that front. But that's, you know, a, a legitimate potential hurdle. Is if there are three presidents that say, "No, we don't want San Diego State and SMU," then I'm sorry Aztecs and Mustangs fans out there who have, you know, done this this uh Texas two-step with with the Pac-12 for, you know, all all these many months, if you can't get eight on board then you're not getting on you're not getting onboarded uh to the pac 12 now wrapping up today's show with what george klyovkov might have preferred i led with but i know what you were all most interested in but that doesn't mean that this is irrelevant because guess what football's really close i mean really really close we are we are a handful of weeks away i can count on one hand the number of Saturdays left without college football. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And George Klyovkov wanted to make Pac-12 Media Days about football. And aside from his opening remarks in Q&A, it was. And I think that's a good move on his part. It's his job to stand in there and take the bullets and answer the questions as best he can and allow coaches and players to talk about what they know. Because what you don't want was coaches going out there and getting asked questions about the media deal. And he made it very clear, hey, I'm here to answer this. I know you're going to want to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's flush it out. Now go ask these players and coaches about football. And they did. And he brought up several stats in in his uh, monologue speech, whatever you want to call it, that I thought were really indicative of how great the Pac-12 season is set up to be. Now, I understand that at some level it's commissioner speak, but these are also undeniable facts. And these facts are so true that Josh Pate of the Late Kick Show, who I'm a fan of, would love to get him on the show one day. Goodness gracious, would that be fun? Pac-12 Pate in the house. That would be cool. Anyway, so Pate tweeted out that if the Pac-12 had the ACC logo on it, that it would be getting more hyped than any other conference. And I think that is correct. But the media rights situation is just overshadowing it all. But we are going to attempt here on the show to not let that happen. Because this is going to be a fun season. I don't think the Pac-12 gets into the playoff. But guess what? College football has always been great because of more than just the playoff. The hope of getting there. The allure is what makes things interesting, no doubt. The desire, the goal, the dream of winning a national championship, of getting to that level. Yes, of course, that's a part of what makes the sport great. But it has always been defined, and this is fundamental to my opposition to the 12-team playoff, it has always been defined by its regular season and the urgency that exists on a week-to-week basis. You can't get it anywhere else, not even in the NFL. Some points to remember, because George Klyovkov wanted it to be about football, and he did his darndest to make it exclusively about that. 
He made a comment I don't know if I agreed with. He said the conference is the strongest it's been in two decades. Do not agree. If you look back at where the conference was at in 2003 and you looked at it in 2013, I think you would see there was a stronger assortment of teams. There wasn't a dominant team the way necessarily, like Oregon was kind of close, but they didn't get to the national championship until the following season in Mariota's third year. But there wasn't a dominant team like, you know, the Pete Carroll USC Trojans back in the day. But I don't think it's the strongest it's been in two decades. I think if you go back and look at like the 2011 to 14, 15 range, uh, maybe 16 when you count Washington getting into the 14 playoff there, you can find some really, really good seasons. It's been down since then, but boy, is it built back up. So they were the only conference a year ago with five teams who had 10 or more wins. And they would have had six if UCLA hadn't blown it in the Sun Bowl against the Pitt, against the Pitt Panthers. They had a two-score lead in the second half, and they blew it. Of the all-Pac-12 first and second teamers last year, the, the conference returns the highest number of their all-conference performers from a year ago than any other league in the Power Five, 25 out of 51. They have six five-star recruits, which is the most since 2017. And of the top 10 portal classes, two of them are the LA schools, but they are in the league this year, four of them. Four of the top 10 portal classes are in the Pac-12 this year. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of depth. There's a lot of fun games. There's a lot of great matchups. There's a lot of great storylines, all that sort of stuff. And it is so, so much closer than you might realize. So keep enjoying every single day of summer as best you can. Keep enjoying the show. I'm going to continue to enjoy doing them because every show is one day closer to the return of college football. And I can not wait. Talent, depth, quarterback, parody, it's got it all. And it shall be glorious. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. Enjoy your weekend. And until then, have a wonderful rest of your day.